Welcome to Let's Talk Nerdy, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs, marketing wizards, and anyone interested in learning from the challenges and successes of business owners just like them. My name is Christian. I am the creative director at Cool Nerds Marketing. And I'm Mike Venezia, digital marketing director at Cool Nerds Marketing. And in today's episode, we are joined by Nikki Schroeder, co-founder and chief brand officer of High Road Craft Brands. When we spoke with Nikki, High Road Craft Ice Cream was just transitioning into High Road Craft Brands. We'll hear more about that, as well as the challenges of expanding in curry, how to have fun with packaging, and of course, our favorite ice cream flavors. Nikki was extremely insightful, and we hope you enjoy our discussion as much as we did. Thanks again for joining us. Um, you know, my first question may be an obvious question, but why ice cream? Uh, that's that's not an obvious question. That's a good question. Um, my husband, who is, uh, I'll brag on him for a minute. He's a James Beard award-winning chef. Uh, he wrote a book back in 2014, I want to say, 14, um, for actually for Cooking Light, but he's, uh, and it's called Mad Delicious. And um, I actually kind of roped him into becoming a chef uh, soon after we met in college because he was such a good cook that I was like, hey, have you ever considered this? culinary uh, world. And back then, um, I don't think that was even a possibility or something he would he would have thought of. Um, but he went to school for culinary uh, back in 94 and um, had been a chef for about 20 years, uh, went back to school to get his MBA. Um, and during the MBA, they came up with a um, business plan for um, basically a need he saw in the culinary world, which was he was struggling to get really great ice cream where everything was handcrafted and everything was made from scratch. Um, he was finding that he couldn't get that from, you know, a Ben and Jerry say they couldn't call up Ben and Jerry's and say, Hey, can I have something that you don't currently make for, um, my guests at my hotel or, a, a banquet for 700 people. And, um, he saw a niche in the market where he could create some really beautiful, um, handcrafted ice cream um, made by chefs for chefs. And he put together a business plan with his um, KSU, uh, Kennesaw State University cohort. And they started winning business planning competitions um, based on this business plan. And in 2010, when he graduated, um, he, he the school encouraged him and his uh, colleagues uh, encouraged him to, to start the company. And I have a design background. So he asked me, hey, do you want to you help me get this thing off the ground? And I said, why not? And um, nine years later, here we are. <laughs> so, so it became a, a family labor of love and uh, just an overall labor of love um, back in 2010. And uh, basically, we were just going to be ice cream um, for chefs. So we were going to work with the food service uh, world. We were going to work with chefs and purchasers and uh, you know hotels, restaurants, um, that side of the of the market and um, that's how we started. Gotcha and I mean it is really awesome and obviously really perceptive too that you know you guys saw that need that needed to be filled uh, on the you know like you said the restaurant side of things. So you guys are in supermarkets all over the country now but you did start out selling to chefs. Um, how did you make that transition from sort of one to the other? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, um, and and it's funny because in the business plan, uh, retail was not mentioned at all. It was never going to be a focus for um, for High Road. It was really we were going to be a food service um, 
business. And um, in 2000, I want to say 2011, uh, Whole Foods, uh, what they have is a, a forager program that kind of hunts around uh, regionally to see what cool things that people are making. And they came across our, our plant uh, back in Chambly when we, um, we had a, a small plant when we started uh, in Chambly. And they came in and, and, you know, we didn't know who they were. And, and, and you know, they, they were just kind of, hey, you know, and with Whole Foods, they all look like, you know, they could they could all be stocking shelves, but it might be the VP of, you know, procurement. So, yeah. <laughs> and funny enough, it was. So, <laughs> what they did was say, um, hey, we would love for you to be our regional ice cream company. And we didn't even know what that meant. And we were kind of confused about it, but we were like, cool, sounds good. <laughs> um, and before you knew it, we were um, we took out a loan uh, through the Whole Foods. Uh, they have a local producer loan program. And um, because we did not have a way to fill pints at the time, we were working with uh, small batches and we were working with, you know, three gallon tubs, five liter pans. So pints were not um, in our repertoire of packaging. And um, what was interesting is that I was um, working on my master's, but I was going through my packaging design course and I worked High Road's first pint run into my design project for, um, for my master's degree, which was kind of fun. So um, we worked that out and then we got a loan for a pint filler. And then by 2011, we ended up being on shelves at Whole Foods uh, all across the South region, which was about... 50 stores and we had no idea what we were doing uh, as far as using the equipment, as far as uh, knowing uh, what we needed to do to get pints to the stores. Um, it was, it was a, a big learning, um, a big learning opportunity. I'll say opportunity. That's a nice way to put it. Um. <laughs> well, and it certainly seems so. That seems like a really quick transition from, if you can even call it a transition from sort of doing the DIY thing to, like you said, being in 50 Whole Foods stores. Um, and especially for a company that has such a strong emphasis on craft where everything is made in house. Um, would you say there were challenges going from, you know, the DIY scene to being in 50 stores where, you know, all of a sudden you need to keep up that craft quality, but you're making so much more of it? Oh, sure. And, well, and that's the thing we learned early on um, with, with accepting large projects like that was, you know, you start to question, do you, do you want to continue to, um, you know, make things the way, the way you're, you know, basically a slower method and, and, um, a hands-on method and we did we said that's the that's who we are that is part of um, what we love about what we make um, we love that you can't get ice cream like the quality that we're making anywhere else because it is literally made by people and uh, every last thing that goes into the ice cream is made by our team and um, we realized it was going to be a lot more work to do, but we really enjoyed the the end product, and we were so proud of it that 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 was we realized that we would have to just really focus in on how we made it rather than um, you know figuring out a different way to make it. It was more like how many more people are we going to need to make sure we can keep up with the demand? And it was you know we were working twenty four seven, very late hours, very you know. Um, futons on the floor our kids were sleeping with us we probably could have called child child services on us. <laughs> but we were we were definitely uh it was it was a, a grind uh, I'll, I'll say that it was a grind yeah absolutely 
Um, and you guys have a lot of really interesting flavors, just to name a couple. Uh, Aztec chocolate, blueberry ricotta, and bourbon burnt sugar. Uh, so I'm trying hard not to fantasize about maybe getting some ice cream later, just saying those names. Um, <laughs> what is your process, if you have a, you know, sort of a, a process in mind for coming up with these new flavors and also acquiring the ingredients because some are not typical ice cream ingredients. Yeah, good question. Sure. Yeah, no, that that's great. Um, we we actually we take a lot of um, inspiration from travel and and culture. So, uh, for instance, the Aztec chocolate really does um, come from. We used to live in um, Southern California. We would go to Tijuana and uh, you know the 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 coast um, in Mexico, and we would experience um, the food there. And a lot of the food had very innovative combinations. So you might have, you know, the chocolate, for instance, for, for our Aztec chocolate, we use, you know, beautiful chocolate ice cream that we make um, with, with our mix, um, milk, cream, cocoa powder, you know, the standard mix. But then we also um, incorporate roasted habaneros and jalapenos in there and cinnamon and toasted candied almonds. So it takes you to a place of like where you might have experienced a Mexican drinking chocolate when you were in Oaxaca or you might have experienced, you know, something outside of just your regular you know, chocolate. And, and a lot of people will taste the flavors and go, oh my gosh, I'm, I remember my, my grandma in Mexico or, oh my gosh, I remember like a, our vanilla Florida cell. Oh my gosh, I've had the, you know, salted caramels in, in France. And this, you know, takes me, it takes you to a place. And that's where a lot of our inspirations for our, our flavors come from or, you know, trips and travels that we've taken and our chefs have taken and brought back a lot of the inspiration for us to build ice cream out of, so it's really it's it's cool because there's no there's no lack of um, ability to go somewhere and experience a food and a culture to to um, give you inspiration for flavors. Um, has there been a challenge changing the model from kind of being that food service provider of the ice cream more chef to chef to now chef to consumer when it comes to coming up with new flavors and sourcing the ingredients necessary for them? Have you had any ideas that you wanted to roll out for, say, the consumer market, but making that feasible for you know the chef-to-chef market, it just didn't work out or vice versa? Has that been an issue in any way? Yeah. Oh, for sure. We've had um, you know flavors that we've seen as being really uh, innovative that we that we thought you know surely this is going to be an amazing uh, like for example we did a an apricot, um, we did an apricot creme fraiche ice cream, and we thought for sure that that was going to, you know, change the world. It was going to be like <laughs> a showstopper, and and it was probably the slowest moving uh, retail pint that we probably have ever made, and it was the most, I think, to this day, probably one of the most delicious flavors that we've made. But um, some words can be a little bit um, off-putting to people. People, you know, the. the a lot of folks don't know what creme fraiche is and a lot of people True. don't eat apricots and and you have to take that into consideration when you're doing food for chefs and you want to make that transition into into the retail side of things because you have to make sure that people they you know there's a get it factor and um, and I think we do struggle with that as a company um, not only with creating you know the, for the chefs it's super easy because they, they love the innovation and they love the creativity 
But on the retail side, you might get a buyer who doesn't want to take a chance because he knows that that slot is worth a lot of money mm -hmm. um, in, in the store. So if he knows he can get a Ben and Jerry's um, turning, you know, five, five, you know, turns a, a week and, and, you know, why would he take a chance here? she take a chance on something that's unknown, um, you know, an apricot, a uh, creme fraiche that may, you know, may sell one a week. Um, that real estate is really valuable in retail. So for us, it is definitely something that we've learned um, to kind of go, okay, not necessarily play it safe in retail, but play it a little bit safer than we would with food service where, you know, food service, they, they'll do the gambit of like, you know, mascarpone lemon or, you know, we've done everything from roasted truffle and, um, you know, beets and, you know, you name mm. it. We, you know, chefs seem to, seem to jump on it but um the retail side you have to be a little bit more careful and now these are all uh the different pint flavors that are available but you guys have a couple novelties that are available as well um the ice cream sandwiches definitely stood out to me just because that's a personal favorite <laughs> um <laughs> and also the packaging um for anyone that hasn't seen it it sort of reminds me of like a little square almost like a happy meal box with a little handle on it how did you guys yeah. arrive at that uh, sort of packaging? And is packaging something that you think of uh, when you're coming out with new products? Yeah, we we um with the with the, we did kind of because we are uh, you know kids of the '70s. We kind of did think about like how fun would it be to have a little grab and go like a Happy Meal. So there definitely was a a fun retro uh feel to the to those but still honored the you know it does have a big image of the ice cream sandwich on there but we did want to have something a little bit more fun and playful because it is an ice cream sandwich and that you know you can't get any more fun and playful than an ice cream sandwich um so we definitely when we're when we're designing our packaging it is something that we're we're looking at you you know a you're doing functionality with pint you can't you can't really get very creative yet I think you know once you once you make the commitment to a certain kind of uh, machine, um, right? So say we have to spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a filling machine. I can't come in the next day and go, guys, we're not doing pints anymore. We're gonna do squares, and and you know that they would probably oust me. So <laughs> you have to kind of live within the live within the reality of of running a, a large pint machine and go, okay pints are what it's going to be. But for things like ice cream sandwiches, we can have a little bit more fun because those are truly still handcrafted. Um, you know, we literally make forms of the ice cream uh, pucks and we glue the cookies, to, you know, to the pucks with uh, additional ice cream. And then we also launched the, the wallops. I don't know if you've had a chance to see those. And, um, and we did get a little bit more fun with the packaging too with those. Those are the, um, they're, ice cream wrapped in cookie dough and then enrobed in chocolate. And those are about, I'm going to say three bites each. Um, some people take more, some people take less, but the, those are um, a new snack that I felt like, Hey, you know what? Mochi's doing great. Um, let's come up with something fun that we're already, we're already making. Cause we already make the, the cookies. We already make ice cream. Uh, we also make chocolate chunks. So that shell works out really well. So, let's use what we have and create some snacks. So that's kind of where the wallops were born from. And um, those come in like a little tray and we have really fun uh, packaging that, that actually doesn't feel much like high road. If you see those, the packaging is much more um, irreverent, 
kind of takes from a classic graphic novel. So it's, it has more of a, a more of a, a fun bamo whammo approach to, <laughs> to it. Um, but we wanted that um, because they're fun little snacks, we wanted it to feel a little bit more fun than the high road culinary focused brand. So um, wallops kind of stand out on their own, but they are under the high road umbrella, if you will. And you had mentioned uh, that you have some graphic design experience. Are you behind the uh, packaging in any way? Oh yeah, we do everything in house. So we we um I've got um there's a team of we've got about in our sales and marketing team um, we've got I've got a great packaging um, designer who works with me and her name is Sandra Gurley. She's fantastic. And I also have a Walter Biscardi who does a lot of our content. So he's not involved in the packaging so much as he is involved in the content creation uh, with what we do. So he captures a lot of our video and does a lot of our fun video um, content that you find online. And then uh, Cade Martin who does work on our community management. So she's constantly working with influencers and you know just getting word out to people, connecting with people and community and um, so she does an amazing job. So we have a small team, but we're small but mighty, but we do everything in-house. So we, we do all of the, you know, the marketing, the promotions, the packaging design, getting um, products to market, that all gets done in-house. We have an R&D team as well that is amazing. Yeah, and I think I missed my calling actually. I was definitely supposed to be on the R&D team for the wallops. Um, Keeping in line with what you were just saying about keeping everything in house and you know having different departments really handle every aspect of the business. What way have you found is maybe the the easiest or the best way, uh, or maybe channel? What channel is probably a better way to ask? You know, in terms of getting the feedback from the consumers, especially for new products, right? Because a lot of businesses want to stay innovative. They have to. They have to come out with new products all the time. And there's feedback, especially in this day and age, coming from every angle. So what does your team look at to determine, okay, this is one that 12 months from now we still want to be focused on, or this is one that, and you mentioned the apricot creme fraiche, uh, you know, at what point and how did you decide this really isn't going to be for us, unfortunately, um, or is that direction that is taken mostly from kind of the sales impact of the business? Great question. We, we, we look at velocities, what products are doing well, what products are, you know, not, not as, um, not moving as quickly as we'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, we analyze that, but we also analyze, you know, where we are in the store, what, you know, where the placement is, are we eye level? Are we at a knee level? Are we, um, you know, is it is it a product uh, inventory issue? Or is it actually on the shelves? So there's a lot of uh, a lot of insight that we have to gather from just being in the store. So feet on the ground, making sure that our products are actually where where we think they are. Because you know, if you're up in say Safeway in Boise, Idaho, and you don't know where you are on the shelves in those stores, so you do have to go out there and you have to travel and you see. Um, see what's going on on the on the shelves but you know we also we look at of course online people are going to give you their comments online they're going to give you their feedback i feel like with you know facebook and instagram and even linkedin we have so much more connectivity to people let alone people uh, consumers but also buyers and chefs so you're constantly i mean we're constantly getting feedback on our products whether it's um good bad and different um but 
we're always willing to listen and and analyze and we have a great quality team so if we do see something that that's a ever a quality issue we we do internal investigations on it but we also um it allows us to celebrate the successes we've gotten great feedback on our wallops we've gotten great feedback on our ice cream sandwiches so a lot of that we can you know inspire our team inside the building to make sure that hey you know what the stuff you're making is is rocking people's worlds. People are so happy that they have, you know, a wallop or an ice cream sandwich or a pint in their lives that they're sharing it with their families, that they're enjoying it together with other people and, you know, or on the couch by themselves. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, the, the feedback comes from so many different um, places and, and we do, we, we honor all of it. Uh, we don't necessarily make uh, quick decisions. If someone comes in and says, you know, this, this is horrible. I hate it. Oh, okay. Well, let's take that with a grain of salt. Right. Um, but it is definitely something, you know, and if enough people say, I absolutely hate it, then it's something worth looking into. And we keep stats of those of those uh, responses. And, and um, you know, we we tend to know, you know, what's going to be a hit and what's going to be kind of maybe a little bit esoteric. Like, for example, like Aztec chocolate, for instance, there are some people that I, I mean, I would get hate mail about Aztec chocolate from folks that would say, why would you put peppers in your chocolate? It's horrible. Mm. Like, why yeah. would you do that to me? Like they took a personal affront to us putting habaneros in the ice cream. Like <laughs> we were trying to bother them or something. I'm like, yes, I know you, Sarah. You know, I know you didn't like peppers and that's why I put them in there. But it's, um, it's definitely something that, um, you know, it gives you the feedback, and, and it, but it also gives you a lot of data. You know, you can look at where the where the data comes from, the people who love it and the people who don't like it. And, you, you know, you can look at somewhere like uh, New Mexico. It, it flies off the shelves, and maybe in Georgia and Florida, it doesn't so much. So you look at that, uh, the culture um, aspect of the consumer in those areas, and you realize, of course, you know, you might have a more of a, a Native American and, and Mexican American um you know, group there that are going to enjoy that, that, uh, that flavor profile. So it's, it's pretty interesting uh, that what you can do with the, with the data and just as simple feedback. Yeah. And, and speaking of the data and feedback, one of the things that I really like that you're doing on the website, uh, and for our listeners, if you have a chance, it's highroadcraft.com, wonderful product shots, store locator, more information about the founders. Um, but on the store locator page, you, you specifically say if you're, not able to find what you're looking for in the store, ask the local store manager and, and they can reach out to us and we can get it there for you. Um, and I, I think that's great. I mean, they have the option to shop online, which is also wonderful. But I think that personal touch, you know, really building that momentum behind it and connecting with the consumer in that way, I don't see that too often. I don't, I don't think that many companies are offering that to people, even though that option may exist for everyone on you know the retail level I, I think that's great and and we look to to stay connect like we want to be connected with as many store level people as we can we we do um you know we get out there we we do tours and we do um you know give out coupons in a flurry we'll do all kinds of stuff in the stores to drive awareness but also you know if if, if you know for example we're in walmart in new mexico so we did a a big um you know, a big video launched and uh, we went around um, the town and went to the restaurants and the festivals and we, you know, we caught, caught it all on video and we shared it with Walmart and they were so, ins they were like, thank you. Oh my God, <laughs> like, oh, this is crazy that you guys did this. This is inspiring because no, none of our other, 
you know, brands are going out and celebrating that they're that they're in Walmart. And we're like, you know what? We we I I shop at Walmart. I'm okay with it. It's not um, you know, you get so many people that poo poo the you know, Walmart, but they're stepping up their organics. They're stepping up on, on, you know, their, their beer selections and, and, uh, locally here in, in, in Atlanta, they've got quite a selection of uh, really good quality products. So I'm not, you know, it's nothing where you feel ashamed to be in it. And, uh, you know, we're, we want to support every retailer that we're in. And, um, and they were pretty moved by, by what we did. And, um, and it, it, it was fun. It was a fun trip. But um, what we were able to capture a lot of that online, um, that connectivity with the not only with the the Walmart uh, people, you know, the people working in Walmart, but the the people in the neighborhoods and the people um, in the in the smaller you know cities that that are super small cities. So it was it was really fun. So my next question for you is, what is next for High Road Craft Ice Cream? Um, well, we actually are going through uh, a brand rejuvenation and uh, an architecture, like a brand architecture change. So we are going to be starting to call High Road Ice Craft Ice Cream High Road Craft Brands because um, last year we acquired the brand Chowbella, um, Gelato and Sorbet. We acquired um, in 2018, about October, September time. And we also are launching um, a brand called Helados La Neta, which kind of means like the real deal. And that is going to be, um, it's inspired by the, the flavors of Mexico. And we're going to be launching that in 2020. And that is a really just fun um, ice cream. But you have flavors like avocado and um you know, rum raisin and coconut, and you have flavors that are really um, leaning to the more Mexican uh, influence. So I think that what we feel like is that a lot of Mexican Americans, um, their their food and and what their culture sometimes gets overlooked here in the states, and it's worth honoring. And we have quite a few folks um, that work with us uh, from from Mexico, and we've gotten you know friends in the industry that are, you know, and family that are from Mexico. And we felt like, you know, these flavors are so, you know, it'll take them back home. It, it, you know, it honors their heritage and honors their home. And um, so we're going to launch that in 2020 as well. So, uh, and then we also have our wallops, which will be, um, we'll be having a couple next generation flavors for those as well and novelties as well. So we figured it was time to start kind of building a brand architecture around this, whether, um, and, and then it would allow us to, to create more brands, right? So we would have the ability to have our high road craft brands as the top of the pyramid. And then underneath that would be our Chabella, our high road ice cream, our uh, Lanetta. So we would have, um, and that would be the start of what we're going to go into for 2020. And then the wallops, of course. Very nice. So you are busy for sure. Yeah, there's no shortage of work to do if you guys want any any extra uh, freelance. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'll hop on that R&D team for the next round of wallops, no problem. Oh my gosh, you die. Oh my, I call it the wallops 30 is what I'm carrying around with me. <laughs> well, Nikki, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today and for going through some of the high road story. Um, again, for those listening, if you want to visit and check out the website, I highly encourage you to. It's highroadcraft.com. Their products are available nationwide and soon to be um, expanding globally. And as we just heard, there are a number of new products coming on board. So look out for all of that. Um, my final question is, and I'm sure this is the first time anyone's ever asked, but you're stranded on a desert island. You can choose one 
flavor of one product for forever to have with you there? Is it the uh, the espresso or, or what's what's the number one for Nike? I think I would go with the cookie dough wallop or with the chocolate chip cookie dough wallop. So it's got like a sweet cream ice cream in the middle, chocolate chip cookie dough on the outside and dark chocolate shell. Um, that would be my go-to for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wonderful. Sounds good to me. I like all of those things. So <laughs> great choice. <laughs> Fantastic. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much, Nikki. And uh, we, we are looking forward to seeing what comes next for High Res. We will certainly be following your brand. Thank you guys so much for having me. For more info on High Road Craft brands and where to find their products near you, visit highroadcraft.com. You can find more information about this podcast as well as other episodes at coolnerdsmarketing.com backslash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.